rdtdaily.com presents a Tara Buster with comedian Tara Devlin. All right, everybody. What's happening? <laughs> Besides the decline of Western civilization, what's happening? What am I saying? Oh, my God. You, you guys don't even know what just happened. <laughs> this is why my stress... Everything, uh, it just all turned to shit, like, right before the show went on the air. It's good doing a live show. I like doing a live show because it's just done. You're done. I can't think about it. Whatever happens, happens. It is it is what it is. But, uh, yeah, right before I went on air, everything just started falling apart. So let's just hope that it all, it's all working. I think it is. And, um... Uh, I'm kind of tired. Yeah. All right. Let me get into what the hell you're doing here and who am I and why are we here? What do we do? Why were we born? You know, all those minor questions. Uh, my name is Tara Devlin. We meet here every Saturday evening at the RDT Daily Facebook and YouTube channels when things are working. And we are replayed. Well, uh, f- did I say S- from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m.? And we are replayed starting 6 p.m. on Sundays on Progressive Voices or anytime on the Progressive Voices app and at GDPR Revolution 99. Okay, I'm going to move this microphone. This was one of the things that like fell before the like 30 seconds before the show started. The mic tipped over. Um, all right. And uh, so what else happened? Um, you know, uh, please donate to RDT Daily. Donate to this goddamn show. <laughs> please. Well, maybe one day, because if you donate, who knows what will happen. The show will grow. We'll have some staff. We have a few people that work at RDT Daily. They work, you know what I'm saying, it's a labor of love. Uh, they get a little bit of a pittance. We all do, but it ain't much. Um, it's not to sustain, not enough to sustain. This is why I have to work, uh, 80 hours a week. I was going to say 50 hours. 50, it would be a luxury. I'm exhausted. Um, but then I think, oh, well, this is, I go through this existential crisis every week with you on the air. Um, I will sleep when I'm dead. I suppose we will all sleep. I'll be sleeping a long time as we all will be. And what is the meaning of life really? Um, except to get involved and stand up for what you believe in. And I believe in this thing, what we're doing. I believe in freedom of speech. I believe in democracy. I think that democracy is the most, most natural form of government for, for people, we the people, for everybody involved. For, and we are all interdependent. That's the way that we were made. I know I've, we've discussed this before, you know, um, everything that the Republicans, their entire ideology is based in bullshit because their, their rugged individualism, all that is, is really just another excuse for being a dick, for being a selfish dick. And that's, they have to find the superior moral justification for their, really immoral stances on everything, their selfishness, the superior moral justification for selfishness, the superior moral justification for 
racism. What is that? Or or for being a normal person? How about uh, this this political correctness? This thing that they that they constantly they're so put upon by political correctness, right? Oh, it's I I I'm so put upon. What is political correctness? Except if somebody doesn't want to be called a name or uh, uh, they don't want to be denigrated, you don't you don't do it. Like uh, I remember. Years ago, I worked with somebody, I was wor- and I work in TV in another life, and uh, we were working on a show. Uh, I'll say what the show was, Little Women of L.A., right? And um, she, he's like, Little Women? Oh, I, you know, they, they, they don't want to be called the M word. You know what I mean? Midget, I'm going to say it. I don't use I find that offensive, too. Now, I mean, when I was a child, I didn't know any difference, right? But I grew up and I learned and I, and because of little people getting together and saying, hey, we don't want to be called that word. That's offensive to us. That's dehumanizing. We, we want to be called little people. Okay, let's call them little people. So this guy that I was working with was like, oh, oh he was so exhausted, you know, the straight white male. Um, he didn't, he was just so put upon for having to call, what do you mean the little people? Oh, what, what now? What do I have to do now? Oh, I'm sorry. Just the world is at your feet, Mr. Straight White Male. I'm sorry that you're so put upon that you can't call somebody what they want to be called. Just call them what they want to be called. My God. Little, I mean, it's, it's such a skin off your balls, buddy. That you, you can't call them little people? Call them what they want to be called. But this is what we're dealing with. This small-minded ideology. Uh, this small, this mo- immorality is rampant. And you know, people get together. And of course, throughout history, you know, you look at hum- the human evolution uh since crawling out of the primordial ooze we've had a lot of growing up to do clearly right and here we are we're not where the human species has a long way to go still and we're trying to bring out the best in people Uh, when we get together as a society we should that's that's what we should do we should try to have the uh a, a system that promotes the general welfare, right? Well, doesn't that make sense? Not the welfare of the corporate elite or the lucky few or the stupid few at the top, you know. And so this week, I'm, you know, I'm a little bit under the weather physically. I feel like I have a sore throat. I have to go to the dentist. My I have a toothache. It's annoying, you know. And and we live in America. You know what I mean? It's all these, oh, boy, what's my copay? What's my, what's this going to cost now? Another, how how much is this going to cost? Do I have to get a root canal? How much is this going to cost? This is what we got to worry about in in this, this wonderful land of the free, right? But if you can't go to a doctor when you're sick, you're not free. I mean, that's another, uh, conversation. Well, it's, it's the same conversation that we've had and that we need to have um, because here's the thing um, the Democratic Party yeah that's our best bet 
But um, we really need to look at ourselves in the mirror here all, and figure out like, uh, wh how we got here. And yes, we need to get it back in the midterms. We have to vote. We got to vote these immoral bastards out of office. And I, and I mean the Republican Party. They're a nest of ghouls, of greed-centered ghouls and ghosts of the Gilded Age. And... But we really have to uh, look at it as uh, a learning experience. Otherwise, what's the point? What is the point? And shore up the, the holes that allow these vermin to seep into our body politic and infest it. So, is everybody hearing me? Good. There ain't no sense being here if nobody can hear me. Oh yes, it's Kavanaugh's sickness. I'm looking at the uh, at the thread on the YouTube channel. It is, it is Kavanaugh's sickness. I so that's one of the things I want to talk about today. The, I wanted to talk about Kavanaugh, and I also I wanted to talk about the 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 um, anonymous resistance, whatever. You know, it's so irritating. You're uh, the these Republicans, and it's so clear what they're doing. You know, it's not. Uh, oh, don't worry, everybody. We're, we're, we're. There's an anonymous mole in Trump's so-called White House that's stopping him from doing those crazy things. What crazy things? He's praising dictators. He's a traitor. He's a Putin puppet. He's kidnapping children. What? What are the crazy? What are the crazy things? The, every single human in that White House should walk out. Everything, everybody in there, every other person that is involved in this government, they should shut the f down. Frankly, but this is not where we live. We this, and this is why we're supposed to be indebted to the Constitution and the laws of the country because human beings are fault are faulty creatures. They will always fail you. So we, that we're supposed to take an oath to the Constitution. But you see what's going on. The, the, the watching those hearings this week with Kavanaugh, now, um, that's, it's the nail in the coffin. And one, I wanted to read this thing because I, I came across, you know, because we're not the only republic that's failed. Republics throughout history have failed. So yeah, that's why uh, Ben Franklin, when asked what kind of government did we, did we come up with, he said, a republic, if you can keep it, if you can keep it, because after all, we're only human. And we've allowed the one step at a time, this thing to be poisoned through greed and through selfishness and they all do it in the in the in proclaiming their love of america and their love of republic so back in you know the roman era when there was people who were alive that were alive during the last days of the roman republic and into well i'm speaking of cicero 
he wrote about that he saw the decline of the republic the death of the republic how they it, and it wasn't it didn't come back to life when they assassinated caesar so but he wrote I, this this quote long before our own time the customs of our ancestors molded admirable men and in their and in turn these eminent men upheld the ways and institutions of their forebears our age however inherited a, a republic like some beautiful painting of bygone days its colors are already fading through great age and not only has our time neglected to freshen the colors of this picture but we have failed to preserve its form and outlines for what remains to us nowadays of the ancient ways on which the commonwealth on wait wait uh, for what remains to us nowadays of the ancient ways on which the commonwealth we are told were founded we see them so lost in oblivion that they are not merely neglected but quite forgot and what am i to say of the of the men for our customs have perished for want of men to stand by them and we are now called to account so that we stand impeached like men accused of capital crimes compelled to plead our own cause through our vices rather than from happenstance we retain the word republic long after we have lost the reality and you know i had to read that several times and really grasp it and absorb it we retain the word republic long after we have lost the reality yeah uh, and uh, this is what we're watching watching the word the the pantomime go on of the kavanaugh hearings these hearings are a foregone effing conclusion unless we we get those two so-called senators those republicans uh murkowski and what the other one who said that they were they uh they will vote against they they're they're pro uh women's privacy they believe that um if if kavanaugh would uh overturn roe v wade of course they said they wouldn't vote for him of course he's going to do that He's a liar. It's settled law. What do they care? That's what the that's what the Supreme Court does. They overturn settled law. So, the this the Kavanaugh hearings. Um, I just wanted to read this other thing that was written by Charles Pierce, and which I came across this after the Cicero quote. And it's basically, he's talking about the same thing. And this was an article in Esquire. Brett Kavanaugh's hearing is a Gilded Age farce and an affront to the American Republic. What republic? We are living in a country where Republicans have power, although they all over from the Senate to the House to the President, whatever, to the executive, they received fewer votes all of them they have gerrymandered themselves into power they it's like the it's the same thing they do with with their climbing the social safety net that we built for them that liberals and progressives that normal americans normal humans built for them they climb it up they use it and then they pull the ladder up behind them 
It's the same thing. They get into power. Republicans get into power. They, they don't stay in power on the basis of their ideas that, of helping people. They, they gerrymander themselves in, in, into entrenchment. Because why? They love, they love democracy? They love republic? They have no... They, these are um, the worst human beings. I, 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 when I think about them, all of them, watching the, these hearings, these old grizzled geezers that should have retired decades ago during the Bork hearings that they're all lamenting. Get out. Go Go retire. Get the hell out. Go to one of Trump's casinos. Why are you in government? They're, they're talking about how their love of women. Don't you love women, Mr. Kavanaugh? This is what they're asking him. Uh, but while they're dragging women out, women who are yelling, I will die if you overturn the Affordable Care Act or... If you send women back to a back alley, you better believe women are going to die because limiting abortion, legal access to abortion, does not stop abortion. It does not stop the rate of abortion. It just creates more dead women. But they don't care. You know, but they're all about babies. That's the other thing. They're such hypocrites. If only they weren't so hypocritical. If they were for real with their love of life, I might not be so angry. Because they they don't like life. They 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 hate women. They 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 are the agents of uh, oligarchy and oppression and fascism and that that is patriarchy. They love women. But they, they've got to stick their big Republican noses into a woman's private medical decisions and her life. But if you don't like abortion, this is what I always say, why are you a Republican? Because abortion rate goes up under Republicans because when, and abortion rates go down under reality-based family planning, you know, democratic policies. And universal health care, universal access to higher education – Living wages, and uh, you know these are the these are the, that's the groundwork that is that creates the ability to choose to bring a pregnancy to term. So when people get pregnant, they're like, "Holy shit! How can I afford this? I don't have health care. I don't have an education. I don't have a a living wage." No, oh well, oh, oh well, sucker, you're on your own. So if you don't like abortion, vote Democratic. And this another thing that he said about um, birth control was an abortion, abortion something. I can't remember what exactly how he put it, but that it's that uh, that birth control was an abortion inducing drug or something. He said, which is is medically unsound, but it is a dog whistle to the very extreme right of this country that wants to get its greedy, fake Christian bony fingers around the neck of power and squeeze until we're all dragged back to the dark ages or the back alleys, whatever, whichever, they'll settle for both. They like, they don't like, they don't like democracy, you see. They don't like it because... We want to progress. We want everybody to have a seat at the table. They don't want that. 
they are uncomfortable with modernity. That's why they that one of their favorite books. These freaks, these these fake Christian freaks, is left behind because they have been left behind. They've been left behind by the modern world. It's confusing to them. They don't like it. They they, they don't like feeling icky. They don't want to learn. They don't want to learn about different cultures. They like all. They like white pasty men being in charge. Because they feel they, they need a daddy to save them from this scary, complex world. And, they, and especially if that daddy is just as dummy as them. Which is really worse. I don't know. But, I mean, they're all worse. They're all the, the worst. So watching this hearing, this farce. So um, let me, yeah. <sighs> Read this thing. But by Charles Pierce. Okay. Once you decide something is a low and very predictable farce, this becomes very easy to do. It has been clear for weeks now that Brett Kavanaugh has the votes in the rejiggered Senate confirmation process, and barring an untimely visit by the nominee to a D.C. crack house between now and the eventual Senate vote, he will be on the Supreme Court, likely long after I'm dead. But until the Senate Judiciary Committee hearings into Kavanaugh's nomination opened on Tuesday, I was willing to give it at least a modicum of, of respect for the form of the process anyway. And hell, there's entertainment value in Hamlet, even though you know that he ends up dead. This principle also applies to professional wrestling. Then Chuck Grassley, the committee chairman, opened the hearings and of, <clears throat> of all that went sailing out the window, Wait, and all that went sailing out the window and was last seen over the the ne- Netherlands Antilles, whatever. With dozens of protesters howling in the gallery, the Democratic members of the committee wouldn't let Grassley get the hearing started. Mainly, they were angry that on Monday night, late, the White House dumped 42,000 pages on the committee. This, of course, to the rational mind, would prevent anyone from adequately studying these documents for purposes of using them in a considered opinion regarding a lifetime appointment to the Supreme Court. However, we are not talking about the rational mind. We're talking about Chuck Grassley, who has stayed too long at the fair. And that is effing the truth. This guy, is he's like a walking, he's like the crypt keeper, this man. He claimed spectacularly that his staff had read all 42,000 pages since 11 o'clock last night. I have a high tolerance for the absurd in politics, but the only way a staff could read 42,000 pages in 10 hours is if they threw 39,987 of them into a furnace. If Grassley is willing to say that in public and to stand by it, when Sheldon Whitehouse of Rhode Island, about whom more uh, pointedly uh, remarked that the whole notion was superhuman, was proof enough that this whole exercise was even more futile and worthless than it looked when Kavanaugh was first nominated. Once I had come to that conclusion, I was free to let my mind wander in that direction. For example, the entire Republican case for Kavanaugh that he's qualified went to the right schools and got on the right career track and that his qualifications are only a me- are 
the only measure by which his by which his nomination should be judged. They all deplored the fact that the nominee and his young children should have to sit through the unruly hearing that John Cornyn, the uh, unreconstructed dolt from Texas, called mob rule, and that Orrin Hatch wishing for protesters to be kept away from his delicate self. I, I mean, that's that whole the uh, farce is the key, is the appropriate word. <sighs> There's the, the with the vapors getting the vapors as they're they're yelling they're they're trying to tell the just the image of them praising Kavanaugh for being such the so-called alleged feminist because he coaches a girls ba- uh, soccer team or something and or basketball team while women are being dragged out of the room all these white men on these old white relics are just getting the vapors about the unruly mob that are going to die when this piece of this I don't know I don't know it's just too easy to say what I want to say this this fascist degenerate lying this dirtbag that's what they are they that that they know what they're doing. They are liars. They are they are actively unraveling the republic before our eyes. Oh, but it was so offensive to uh, Orrin Hatch. Okay, and then it said, "What did he write? He writes." Uh, Okay, Orrin Hatch wishing for protests to be kept away from his delicate self. Individually, tail gunner Ted Cruz once once again sucking up to the president who slandered his wife and father. Okay, remember he, this is Ted Cruz, the so-called President Trump during the campaign, mocked Ted Cruz's wife as being unattractive. Could you imagine being Ted Cruz's wife for one thing? Everybody hates Ted Cruz, apparently. They all hate him. To know him is to hate him, including all of his colleagues in the in the Senate. And his wife. Could you imagine letting Ted Cruz climb on top of you? Well, and I guess you have to be sort of uh, a uh, a victim in that sense. Then just uh, uh, go and, uh, and to sleep in the same bed with a man who is sucking ass of the guy that's called you ugly that said you were ugly that that on twitter posted a picture of you next to his trophy wife number three and basically said that you're you're a dog that's and you're gonna let that man sleep beside you that's would be could you imagine if i i just couldn't handle it that you how much do you hate yourself to sleep with a man like that to stay married to a man like that wouldn't that be a deal breaker for most people with self-respect but you how much self-respect do you have to marry a ted cruz to be somebody called mrs ted cruz and you know that she calls herself mrs ted cruz because this is that's a good christian woman for you women are they're not you have no autonomy you're nothing Oh, God. Let's see. 
who slandered his wife and, and accused Democrats of wanting to relitigate the 2016 presidential election when there was a vacant seat on the Supreme Court and in which the American people had showed that they wanted Donald Trump to appoint his kind of judges by giving three million more votes to the other candidate. You see what I'm saying? This is, well, not what I'm saying, what, what uh, Charles Pierce is saying. So Ted Cruz, they have no integrity. It's a, they are re, they are, it's gaslighting. That's what it is. They are, hold, it's like when Rudy Giuliani had the nerve to say that there were no terrorist attacks during George Bush's presidency. Meanwhile, he's the one walking around with the, with the button that says, ask me about 9-11. Right. So this is, this is what he's doing. This is gaslighting. That's the definition of gaslighting. We voted for a Barack Obama, and now the the filthy Republicans held up the Supreme Court seat for over a year because there was suddenly this rule that they made up that they pulled out of their fascist asses that said that you don't seat anybody on the Supreme Court during a, an election year. Well, if, if you get down to it, isn't it, most years are election years. We elected Barack Obama twice in two landslide elections, and these fascist bastards don't care. And even when they had the majority, we gave the Democrats millions of more votes, a million more votes in the House, and I'm trying to remember what the Senate was. <sighs> Let me see. It doesn't matter. I can't find it. But, yeah, no, the, the fact is the uh, well, Democrats won the popular vote in the Senate, too. Here it is. White House may not be the only institution in Washington that Democrats lost on Tuesday. This is from a couple of years ago, despite getting more votes. It turns out Democrats also got votes, uh, got more votes for the U.S. Senate um, than Republicans, and yet Republicans maintain their majority. The results that are still pre- preliminary million Americans cast votes for a Democratic Senate, while 39.3 million Americans voted for Republicans. I mean, that's a lot, as Trump would say. That's by a lot. And yet, these filthy pieces of Gilded Age ghouls maintain power and are squeezing the the life out of this republic. They are they are killing it. This this is it. We're in the end of the American Republic. This is it. I hope you guys realize that. And it's it's and it came, you know, um I always talk about it wasn't just the the Republicans and it's true because the this filthy self-serving Democrats, though not all, not all. You see because Democrats will not let you starve in the streets. They will throw you a bone, but they were in bed with the oligarchs as well because the system is rigged. Money in politics is the root of all evil. And Trump is right. He went in there and he exploited those fissures and he said the system is rigged. People know the system is rigged, but he was talking. He he knew it was rigged, but he's rigging it in his favor. He needs it rigged in his favor because he sucks. He's stupid. He's a dumb bastard. They're all dumb. 
They're just greedy and amoral. They are amoral. They are willing to do whatever they need to do and say whatever they need to say. They don't care who they step on because they're fine. It sucks to be you. Better luck next life. You no, you are nothing. They're not in government to make it work for people. They're make it. They're in government to make it work for them, and them and to rig it, like Kavanaugh. That's what he's there for. He's a liar. So just like the 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 Senate, the Republicans holding the sham hearing that are supposedly vetting Kavanaugh, when I watch them s- throw lob their softballs at him and lick lick them on the way down it's sickening they're just oh you're aren't you um you love women you coach over here but you know what i wanted to this one thing let me just play this clip because kavanaugh he loves women you see he talks about his girls basketball team for the past seven years i've coached my daughter's basketball teams i love coaching All the girls I've coached are awesome. And special congratulations to the girls on this year's sixth grade CYO championship team. Anna, Quinn, Kelsey, Shawnee, Chloe, Alex, Ava, Sophia, and Margaret. (laughs) I love helping the girls grow into confident players. I know that confidence on the basketball court translates into confidence in other aspects of life whatever buddy so he loves girls basketball oh well so don't don't be don't be alarmed when you're all these women screaming that you're you're gonna kill us don't be alarmed uh and the i found it apropos that they're saying oh the hysteria the hysteria that's you know hysteria is the classic word that's that's what they used to say it's also refers to the female the in the uterus basically hit the uh inside of a woman's anatomy yeah you're hysterical you're uh and that's what they would say as a reason to keep women out of politics they were they were hysterical you just couldn't handle it so when you're when you're on when they're on the cusp of taking away basic autonomy, what do you? Uh, but I mean, I just as you see, I'm at a loss for words. I'm not. I'm not usually at a loss for words. It's but they have me tongue-tied and speechless because they're so. They are. There's, there's just no low, too low for them. And I, they, there is no, um, they have no dignity either. They have no honor. It's the, it's Merrick Garland's seat. They have no honor. If Kavanaugh and Gorsuch, if they had any honor, they would decline to be a part of this plot to stuff them on, into a lifetime bench. Uh, yeah, but this is what this is what Nazis do. You see, this is what fascists do, and this is exactly what the Nazis did in Germany, and and it's what uh, every authoritarian does. But this is what the enduring Hitler's rise to power, you know, didn't start with death camps. It didn't start with that. It started with packing the courts, and that's what they did. They when uh, 
they would nullify that's when you get cases before the court then they become nullified ultimately you have no power your whole system is rigged because when the courts supposedly this neutral arbiter of what's you know calling balls and strikes if i have to hear that again balls and strikes then why won't you release all your documents from when you were inside the bush's white house so we get 10% of the of your lies and of course they call this guy uh the the um the Forrest Gump of Republican politics because he's everywhere. He's got no scruples. He was part of Bush v. Gore. And uh, so he's got a long history of destroying democracy. But the the reason I wanted to play that clip about the girls, it's not just his, this is supposed to uh, assuage our fears that he's going to strip us of our of uh women of our our autonomy but it's um the way that he treated the uh the father of the slain parkland student if that does not speak volumes about who the fuck this monster is and he is a monster that face that filthy filthy glare when fred uh gutenberg went over to this guy to shake his hand and said uh, I, I, he would the way that he looked at him he, he put his hand out and said i am the father of uh a parkland i can't remember the girl's name now uh who was killed at parkland he he turned around like why wouldn't you shake that man's hand this is that's the thing why wouldn't you, any human being would why wouldn't you stop and listen to the man? He looked at him like he was he was dirt under his shoe and walked away. This gl- and then he turned the Capitol Police on the guy to go over and harass him for going over for for oh I'm sorry my lord because you know this guy is in the pocket of the NRA. They are and the NRA is receiving money from the the Russian oligarchs. This is how deep this rabbit hole goes. You hear me? What? What is happening? How is this happening? We, this is what we're reduced to. We're reduced to screaming in a hearing and, and making these re- Republican... Cretans, Cretans, these these ghouls, these skeletors, get the vapors. That's about it. That's about it. But if he gets on the court, it's over. He's going to take away our health care. They're oh, everybody's going to have health care. We're all going to be covered. It's going to be better. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be cheaper. Well, don't you feel stupid now? You dumb, dumb. Dumb Republican, average Joe morons. I hope, you see, I wish, if in my own private apocalypse, I wish that it was only the Republicans that felt the sting of the lash of their policies. But it has to be the normal people, too. It has to be good people, decent people, not just morons. You know, a a moron doesn't learn. 
until they maybe they learn from their own mistakes. If only. No. This is, uh, but this is where we live, and the Republicans they're forced to go through the pantomime of having a hearing. Believe you me, if they didn't have to go through it, they would just pack him on there. Why did eventually they would just get rid of the whole veneer of this all the bullshit they have to go through and just get it over with? Install a king, install an oligarchy again. That's it. It's done. And that's where we're going. Don't they don't be fooled. Don't think it's not going to happen. Like, oh, it can't happen here. It is happening here. It is happening. We're living in a country where people get more votes and they don't get power. And it doesn't matter. So how many people? Ninety percent of Americans want at least background checks on gun purchases. Does it happen? No, because the 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 filthy bastards in the Congress are are captured by the NRA because there's money in politics. And that's the root of it. This is the root of the evil here. And so you know you you we are here where these like Chuck Rassley skeletors have to they pay they 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 play these games with the system where they they can't win otherwise. You know, if we were living in a true democracy, in a true democratic republic, we would never have had a President Bush, okay? George Bush. He would not have assumed power. Who knows then what would have happened? Maybe we wouldn't have had a 9-11. We wouldn't be in Iraq right now for years and years. How many people wouldn't have died? It's enough. Enough. This is. We better wake up and uh, figure out that they're that they're not playing by the rules. They're making their rules up as they go. They are rigging it, just like what happened in every other republic that failed. They just start. They just start adjusting the rules a little bit. You know, like during the Roman Republic, they would appoint during emergencies. They would appoint a dictator for a period of a year. It was a very limited period. Then it became with Caesar. Oh, well, they gave him a 10-year term. And then it was, oh, okay, dictator for life. This is how it goes. That's how it goes. And then every, uh, during when the first Roman emperor, they're all, they all promise they're working on a temporary basis to bring back the republic. We're just trying to make everything run smoothly. This is what's happening here. They're playing the pantomime of being uh, representing the, the the people. If they were representing the people, why are their districts so, look like uh, they gerrymandered into these the, these oddest shapes? They look, everything looks like a goddamn Rorschach test of my fears. And they have no, they, they have no integrity. That's the, this is what I'm saying. All of them, from Ted Cruz, oh, oh, just kissing ass on this person when you know when he during the campaign when he said that Donald Trump is unfit, he's a liar, he's a joke, he's a con man. That's he was telling the truth. And then when he goes home and sleeps with his wife after that con man, that that immoral grifter calls his wife ugly on Twitter. 
You really? And you look in your daughter's faces? And I, I imagine that's your father. My God, these people are vile. You see what I'm saying? They are vile. They make me sick. Man, I can't get sick because who can afford it? For God's sake. So that's the uh, watching that Kavanaugh turn from the man who, you know, I, I guess it, that Fred Gutenberg would love to coach his daughter's basketball team. Unfortunately, he doesn't have a daughter anymore. He's because she's dead. You vile. Oh, I want to. I mean, really? No, you know, I want to scream. I want to scream in a meeting and disrupt it. I want to tip some tables over. It's ridiculous that the the way that they we're we're just supposed to. I mean, I guess they think that we're all as dumb as the people who voted for them. But we're not. We see through their scam. It's Unfortunately, it's like, what are you going to do? This is what we're going to do. You better vote. This is it. We, If we don't get it back, because we have to overwhelm the vote. We have to overwhelm their gerrymandering and their their the games that they play. It has to be such a decisive thumping against these Republican fascist bastards that it, it can be no doubt that they have no power. They are not meant to be in the majority. This is what happens. And I hope I live to see the day that we get it back. And I hope at, uh, that, the, the, that the Democrats get it through their stick, thick heads, man, that you, don't, you can't play nice with these fascist bastards. You know, so, so Obama was, gave a speech... And, uh, of course, Trump, um, there's so many things I want to say. Oh, my God. So he gives, he gives a speech. It was kind of annoying. I thought the speech was annoying. I'm glad to see him. It's great. Okay, I'm happy. He's, he's out there. But that we wouldn't have a Trump if it wasn't, you know, the, like I don't want to relitigate it, but um, they, the, there were, there were, it's these DLC Democrats that try to play nice with everybody that, that, you know, Obama was the one that put social security on the table. This is what happened when they lost the, the seat in Massachusetts. They talk about, Oh, well we, uh, there's a lot of Democrats that like to rewrite history. This is another thing. They, they, what happened when we lost Ted Kennedy's seat was that, that was right after Obama put Social Security on the table. He was playing. He was, he, he he for far too long trying to play nice with these Republican fascist bastards. That he he um, got rid of the public option and then he put Social Security on the table, and uh, people they were disgusted and didn't come out in the midterms and vote that's what happened the people were they would de what do you call it, demoralized and uh so people were like oh well you know democrats you can't just believe that uh, we voted for obama and he's got this that's not what happened that's not what happened people were like i remember that time because i was like what the heck f is going on here we voted for this man and he's trying to um you know, I of course for me, I was I I was hoping personally that he would be that Obama was going to be the next FDR. That's what I was hoping, but I was wrong. 
And uh, but this is you cannot, um, you know, it's like go big or go home. You can't be like it's sort of like Hillary's um, her plan for educate. Oh, well, everybody under one hundred thousand dollars can go to school. No, bitch. Everybody goes to school. That's the only way it's going to work. Not. Oh, everybody. um If you got, you know, all these little conditions, this is how they pit us against each other. They set different classes of Americans against each other. They, they create tiers of people. That Then you have the poor who get, they get all the social services. And then you have the working poor that you can't, uh, you, uh, you, get, you don't get, um, the, you know, you, don't, you, you can't rise out of it because you're afraid that if you go into a different class that you can that you won't be able to afford your you you will class yourself out of your medicare or your whatever and then you have the the you know the working middle class which isn't even a middle class anymore and they look down on the poor saying oh well they get everything handed to them this is how they create resentment amongst americans and we're all in this boat and where where the, the assholes behind the walls of their gated communities are laughing all the way to the bank while the dumb bitches on the bottom, the peons, are fighting with each other for the scraps. So, uh, you know what? Enough with this. Oh, if you're an un- under 100000 you get to have – you get to go to a doctor. Forget it. Or you get to go to a school. G- everybody goes to school, mother effers. That's the only American value. Everybody in, nobody out. We don't we don't leave people behind, dumb bastards. That's the, how you're gonna win. They, oh, we don't want universal health care. This is what they're saying. The Republicans are saying, oh, we don't want socialism. Well, you, guess what? Yes, you do. You do because they 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 are. You want it because they, every time they want it, they don't want to lose it, right? Get get your your government hands off our Medicare. They want to raid Medicare to pay for socialism. They, they're so stupid. You see what is going on? I'm sorry. All right. Do I have anybody here still? I do. Thank you guys for coming along for the ride. My name is Tara Devlin. <laughs> we meet here every Saturday evening from 6 to 8 p.m., Anybody who donates above $20 will get this. Grab them by the midterms window cling. All right? Do it now. We only got 60 days to the midterms. And what else? Um, Do me a favor. Give me a review on iTunes. Give the show a review on iTunes because that will help. That helps us grow. There's a lot of shit you can do if you don't have the money. Just share, share this, get the word out. Um, that makes a difference. Cause what's the point? Otherwise, I, uh, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying. I feel like I'm forgetting to say something. That's why I'm like hemming and hawing. I feel like I have to say something, but I don't. I can't. I didn't have. I didn't get a guest this week because I was. I wasn't in the mood. All right. I just was not in the mood to get on the phone or get on. I mean, I, I just didn't feel like it. I was tired. So I was like, oh, well, I'll just do the show myself. And um, if we're going to open the phones, 
in uh, this, in the second hour. If people want to call in, you can call in. And if any right wingers call in, I will uh, probably probably not deal with that shit too good. So, I mean, maybe it'll be interesting. I I mean, what what kind of this is what people say? Don't you want to have a debate? I don't do debates. Uh, you can see me. I can. I'm like I'm too volatile. I'm not a debater. I'm like, all right, you're a dumbass. I can't deal. I don't have enough time in my life. Life is short. I cannot waste my time convincing you that – and because I have had a lot of experience do- talking with right-wingers, and <clears throat> I have to tell you, this is in my experience, and uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I, 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 they have done some empirical studies that I'm not, all right, that you scratch the surface on these right-wingers, and they are racist, that's their underlying issue is they can't they, and and that means they're dumb they're stupid they and that is why you will never find a, a republican encouraging their constituency not to be a racist they in fact encourage them otherwise they tickle their racism they feed their racism they like it because they use it and that's how you also know that the, the, the Republicans in power don't have our best interest at heart. Because if they did, they would certainly try to bring out the better in people and not the worst. Because we are living in a diverse society. It doesn't matter. This world is diverse. Rather than, And we are a nation of immigrants. If you're not a Native American, you're, your family came here from somewhere. Not and they they haven't been here for a long time. It's been a few hundred years, right? So you're an immigrant, and the, I cannot stand the the ignorance of these Republicans that the they and and in fact we spoke about it last week uh, that the, the incident of these Republican morons going to this Native American um, representative and demanding to know if he was illegal or not. That's how stupid they are. They're illegal. And uh, they're so dumb. And anyway, but that's by design. So the other th- I, I'm looking at the clock. I, um, I wanted to talk about the, of course, the, the um, you know, Kavanaugh and this, this uh, FN editorial or whatever that came out. But also, you know, we're here, we see how stupid Trump is. Trump is a moron. He can't even say anonymous, right? He's a, he is an embarrassment. He's praising dictators and, and it's, it's and embarrassing the United States. He's a narcissist. Well, I mean, during, first of all, when um, this, now a book is coming out, um, well, the day after the the uh, this, the book, what's his face? You know, um, the deep throat people. Yeah, it was escaping me because I'm just tired. Whatever the book, the the fear book is coming out. But and then the memo came out from the so-called anonymous resistors. The, they're so they're such resistors in the in Trump's. Oh, don't worry, we're gonna get your tax cuts. What tax cuts? Not our tax cuts. They're getting tax cuts for the very wealthy. Nobody in that class of 
people that are getting tax cuts needed a tax cut, okay? In fact, they needed a little less of a tax cut, and that's what they needed to do. But instead, what did Republicans do? The second they had an opportunity, they instead of fixing democracy, because you can't have concentrated wealth and democracy, right? But that's that. That's what I'm saying. They don't want democracy. So instead of fixing it, they funneled more money into the hands of the oligarchy that that does that didn't need it. They needed they did they needed to be taken down a peg or two. They needed to pay their fair share. You can't. And and the other thing that they did was they eliminated the estate tax, meaning that the undeserving heirs these of of the of people like Trump, like Donald Trump Jr. Ivanka Trump, they, uh, you know, Megan McCain, they can all inherit their ill-gotten gains tax-free, which is the, it's such an anti-democratic thing to do that, uh, and, and nobody spoke about it, not in the corporate media. They said, oh, the estate tax, the estate tax. They did not, they did not explain to the morons that, oh, yeah, the, the Republicans call it a death tax, but why, why, why didn't they hammer it home that, one point, one point, one point, whatever the percentages, that the majority of Americans will never pay it because they don't meet the thresholds, because they don't make that money. They're talking about, they're not talking about family farms. They're talking about concentrated, entrenched oligarchy that is the very thing that the founders fought a revolution to escape, you bastards. And they did it to us again. And their corporate media mouthpieces said nothing about it. And every time I turn on MSNBC, I swear, in the morning, and I hear Stephanie Rule, I, I mean, honestly, Stephanie Rule gets on my nerves because all she has to say, all she can say in argument, well, you know, his base loves it. His base, his base, the American people, they voted. No, the American people didn't vote. God damn it, bitch. The American people voted for Hillary, even though they were both very unpopular. So they were, Hillary was the second most unpopular candidate for president in American history. You know who was the most unpopular? Effin Donald, effin con man, Putin puppet Trump. But, you know, he received fewer votes. With thanks to his gerrymandering and rigging and and uh, his collusion and treason and the fact that they don't care how they get power, that as long as they get it and they can squeeze the life out of everybody and make you know what all the everybody who died in uh, who's laying in Arlington National Cemetery spin in their graves. This is what they voted for? They voted for morons and grifters and con men who can't say anonymous? I'm just going to play. Hold on. Speaking of which, in case you missed it, um, hold on. Where is it? Hold on. The so-called resistance is angry because they're horrible ideas have been rejected by the American people, and it's driving them crazy. Crazy. They're the ones, honestly, that have been driven crazy. The latest act of resistance 
is the op-ed published in the failing New York Times by an anonymous, really an anonymous, gutless, coward. You just look. He was, uh, nobody knows who the hell he is, or she, although they put he, but, he, but probably, probably that's, that's a little disguised. That means it's she. Ooh, he's such a but for the sake of our national security, the New York Times should publish his name at once. I think their reporters should go and investigate who it is. That would actually be a good story. That would be a good story. Anonymous. Unelected deep state operatives who defy the voters to push their own secret agendas are truly a threat to democracy itself. Democracy. And I was so heartened when I looked. I think it's backfired. Seriously, people that don't exactly dig us and they don't exactly like me, they're fighting for us. It's an incredible, it's actually a beautiful thing. We've picked up a lot of support because at, At some, some point, point this, this whole, whole thing, thing is going, going to be exposed. exposed. And, and it's, it's really, really bad, bad, and it's really dangerous, and it's really sad for the media and the mainstream media. It really is sad. When I told you about the good news coming out of Korea today, they will hardly even report it. If this were President Obama, that would be the biggest story in the history of our country. Well, you see, he's such a victim. What a whiner, right? He, not only can he not anonymous, anonymous, he, he's because he's stupid, and I think his dentures were slipping or something, but that he's such a whiner. And the another thing he, he was talking about, um, he's uh, when Obama came out and gave his speech, they asked him, well, what did he think about it? And he, I'll tell you here. Somebody, a very popular guy here, was just interviewing me. You know who I'm talking about, great guy. And he said, uh, what do you think of President Obama's speech? And I said, I'm sorry, I watched it, but I fell asleep. I found he's very good. Very there good wasn't one N-word in the whole speech, so there's nothing to keep him riveted. I think he was trying to take some credit. He was trying to take credit for this incredible thing that's happening to our country. If the Democrats got in, I have to say this to President Obama, and it wasn't him, but it would have been the same thing. If the Democrats got in with their agenda in November of almost two years ago, instead of having 4.2 up, I believe, honestly, you'd have 4.2 down. You'd be negative. You'd be in negative numbers And, of course, he's a, he's a filthy liar. The, the fact is that Trump was handed a, an economy that was on the way up. It was humming. Obama was handed an economy that the Republicans had crashed for the second time in 100 years, a, an economy that was hemorrhaging jobs at 750000 a month. So when it was turned around uh, through Obama's policies, that's the economy that this grifter was handed. And just allowing corporations to dump their coal ash into streams isn't really a boom for the economy. Allowing grifters and uh, con men to raid the treasury without, uh, with, with abandon isn't really a boon. Um, cutting off wages, 
stagnating wages and kicking people off health care, um, all of these things, they're, believe me, they're coming home to roost. We've, yeah, the economy is doing okay, but we're, that's because of Obama. This is what he was handed, and the job rate is actually slowing down. So give them a minute. It takes a minute for them to F things up. Uh, they, it is happening. Just allowing, fiduci- uh, undoing the fiduciary rules, allowing grifters in the financial industry to raid your Social Security. When you go and you ask them to help you invest your ret- for your retirement, now they don't have to have your best interests at heart. This is what Trump did. So he unleashed the, 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 the greedy bastards back into our lives unfettered. You know, and then what are you going to do? You know, uh, there, there, there's, you know, it just sucks to be you, I suppose. So he's a liar. That's well, I mean, well, we know that. That's the other thing. The which really irritated me when I was watching this on live when he, Trump was just. It just goes on. He, they, whenever they they play him his speech, he just he's allowed to uh, lie on on top of lie on top of lie, and it gets out there and. When do they come back and and correct the lies? They should just immediately stop and say, that was a lie. Um, I'm trying to find this article. I know I want to take a break, but I'm, uh, whatever. It is what it is. Because I had this article. Um, well, I wanted to play this other thing, too. God damn it. Because... I wanted to, because the one thing I wanted to talk about is that we didn't get here overnight. The the one thing that 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 first of all I wanted to correct the record with Trump that he, um, yeah he was he did not inherit a mess. Now I know this is what he keeps repeating because he knows that his idiots will believe it, and that's that's what he comes from. He just just say it and it will be true, and they will believe it. The big lie, and. But, um, you know, this is the, the picture, this false picture that he's painting for the morons that he inherited an economy that was, uh, okay, here it is. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to play, but I'll, I'll take a break in a little bit. It's a little after, because it doesn't matter. We don't have a guest, so. But um, if you guys want to, you can call in. I think the phones are open. Hold on. Yes. Phones are open. I'll put the number up. Hold on when I can find it. There we go. The call in line is 360-777-6007. And if you're listening to the show after, if you're listening to the recording of the show, you can always call in and leave a message and I can play it on the air maybe if you want. Okay, so um, for the last, this is an article <clears throat> in the Washington Post. It says, for the last time, Trump inherited a good economy, and he hasn't made it better. So let's just pick out some some of the highlights. Okay, in the past 45 years, only one president has inherited a better economy than Trump, and that was George W. Bush who took office at the tail end of the tech bubble when unemployment was a mere 4.2%. Trump has been luckier, though, in that his term didn't begin with just an economic expansion. 
when an economic expansion was ending. On the other, on the contrary, the slow and steady recovery that President Barack Obama kickstarted with the stimulus has continued under Trump. Just a little slower and a little steadier than before. Indeed, as you can see below, and there's a chart, the economy added almost 3.5 million jobs in Obama's last 16 months in office compared to just under 3 million jobs in Trump's first 16 months. So, I mean, the economy that, that Trump is, was handed was on the way up, was already up. Who knew that making America great again was making job growth a little worse? Now, to be fair, this isn't Trump's fault. We expected job growth to slow after so many people have found it in the past eight or nine years that there aren't as many people looking for jobs right now. But it does give to the lie. It get, oh wait! But it does give the lie to the idea that things were bad before Trump took office, or that he's made them any better since. The truth is that so far, at least, Trump's signature accomplishment—a 1.5 trillion dollar tax cut for corporations—has mostly increased payouts to shareholders, as critics said it would, providing little boost to the economy. Because wealthy investors don't tend to spend as much and not, and not increase business investment as supporters promised, right? This is what they do. This is what we said they would do, which, if it continues to be the case, wouldn't mean uh, it would ever promote much faster growth. The economy, then, is a lot like Trump's business. He inherited far more than most people could ever dream but tried to convince everybody that it was far less than it obviously was, which is to say that it, that uh, that the very very small million dollar loan he admits he received from his father is just like the very tough hand he got from Obama. You see, he's a effing liar with absolutely no scruples and an entire party of sycophants to back him up to give credence to the lie, so he can keep repeating it and repeating it. And th- and this is a, this is a Republican in a nutshell. It is, th- and it's also their Republican average Joe Republicans. They're, you know, they hate welfare queens and welfare. Meanwhile, we know statistically, and there's so many stories of the the uh, these red states. All these people all on welfare. They're all they got. Uh, you know, one thing that Obama did with uh, Obamacare was he put he speci- specifically put in a provision for the coal miners who are they're they're losing their lives to this black lung disease from stinking up you know being in the coal mines for so many years and there's a there was a provision to help these miners get health care for life and you know so they can have at least rest a little comfort in their in the fun, in their waning days on this planet and uh what did uh of course you know that's obamacare for you right but did any of these 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 idiots vote for obama no they they have they don't even have the courtesy to say thank you they they this is what i'm saying they all take the benefits of government but they don't want any of the responsibilities, and they don't even have the courtesy or the manners to thank us for making it possible. But it's like, unlike Trump, you see, because Trump is a vindictive, tiny little 
little bitch that would he even um you know he's always a tar he's targeting people that didn't vote for him or going after blue states and whatnot you know you didn't but obama didn't turn around and say well those kentucky coal miners didn't vote for me i'm not let them die let them let them breathe uh you know breathe suck on that coal buddy oh well too bad pray to jesus Right? No, he didn't do that. They, this is what I'm saying. They don't even have the courtesy to say thank you. And, uh, let me see. I'm just, I have to monitor the phones. Hold on, everybody. Yeah. Anyway, so, but, you know, we didn't get here overnight. We know that Trump is a dumbass. This is the other thing. The, the Republicans, the, okay, now. We're watching this unfold, and uh, it, it's coming out. Now we have this resistor inside the White House that, don't worry, he's stopping Trump's uh, worst instincts. Uh, I don't know what's worse than praising Nazis and kidnapping children, but okay, I guess surprise us, right? Um, I don't want to be surprised, but I'm sure it's when you think you hit bottom, all of a sudden a trap door opens and you're down five flights below. Who knows? God help us, right? So, but, uh, you know, I was watching MSNBC and I love Steve Schmidt now. I love to hear him. I love his, the way that he, his uh, poetic uh, takedowns of Trump. I love the way that he wraps his uh, his um, words up in historical context, and he's but 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 he was responsible for bringing Sarah Palin into uh, national prominence. He and the, and John McCain. So this maverick, and this one the the thing that. During John McCain's funeral, they're like, oh, the death of civility and bipartisanship. And right, and one thing that Trump, I mean, that Obama said during his speech when he, the other day was, oh, Trump is a symptom. And I was listening to somebody. They were like, oh, he's saying Trump is a symptom. It, yes, Trump is. He, and this guy on TV was was uh, negating oh, Trump is a symptom of it's that is the truth. Trump is not the disease. He, in fact, if this government, if we were a functioning democracy, a functioning democratic republic, we wouldn't have a Trump. It would, he wouldn't be able to slither in there. He wouldn't be able to exploit the fissures of disunity and tickle racist funny bones. People would be like, get the F out of here, grifter. They'd know. We, if we had a functioning press that wasn't just a corporate mouthpiece, we would get the full picture. We wouldn't be as ignorant. And the other thing is the, the deregulation of the media. That created these silos of information. And I, I know things have changed in the, in the Internet age. Now we have Twitter and Facebook and whatnot, which it exacerbates the problem because people just go to their you know their camps but the when you have only six media conglomerates owning the entire landscape of uh of information and then throw in effing fascist authoritarian uh, uh <laughs> dictator that negates whatever truth is coming out 
um, you know, you're in big trouble. They, but it was a Democratic president that signed the deregulation uh, the, of the media, the Telecommunications Act of 1996, that gave us, that started us down this road. They gave us a Fox News. They gave us a Rush Limbaugh that, you know, this is what I'm saying. Like, we have to take responsibility for what we allowed to happen as well. We allowed the Democratic Party. And, 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 and in some form, you know, it's, it's hard because when you're, when you're just trying to keep your head above water, when you're working and you're trying to, you know, just make ends meet, who the hell has the time and, uh, to, to get out there and get involved? And that's what they, they want. They don't want people to be free to, to, uh, you know, to be involved. They want you to work three uniquely American low-paying jobs so you don't, you know, you're too exhausted to, to, to stop them from, uh, from making it worse. So, but the, but the, the, this, we really got to look at what we did, what we allowed to happen. And uh, so one step at a time we got here, it's, so it was the deregulation of the media, the deregu- and one thing at a time. That's what happened. All of these things that weakened the pillars of democracy. What did we expect was going to happen? What did we think was going to happen when, when uh, this happened? So it's sort of like when I see Trump now, you cannot think that it's going to just go back to normal. And... So Trump didn't just come out, he didn't just sprout fully formed, right, like from the head of Zeus or whatever, and plop into the body politic. He was created over time. There were things that happened that allowed him to, to, to be, to be the Republican standard bearer. One of them, one of these things was John McCain picking Sarah Palin as a running mate. How do you, uh, if, and we can argue, and it wasn't just that, but because there were, the ground was fertile for, you know, thanks to the Republican fascist party and the Republican, I mean, in the Democratic neoliberal wing of the party that, that destroyed unions, destroyed the New Deal, that, that made people's lives that, that where they looked and they saw that the government is not responding to their needs. And it is, you know, so this is, it created a lot of anger and it left a lot of people behind. When you leave people behind, what do you think is going to happen? Then you get this, this con man going in there singing this siren song to these idiots about, uh, you know, whatever, racism, Mexicans, um, they, 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 you know, I'm going to fix it, only I can fix it. They wanted to throw a Molotov cocktail into the machine, but they also, you know, also because one of the failings of our system is our de-emphasis, it's not, but it's the Republicans, really. They, on, on education. We, one of the things that is necessary to keep this thing going is to, stop this bullshit of funding education from property taxes, but fund education from the general fund, just like we need to fund universal health care, 
universal higher education and education in general. A, 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 you know, we shouldn't just be a country that can move heaven and earth when we're supposedly attacked or whatever. Um, you know, we should move heaven and earth to make the uh, to promote the general welfare. You know, that should be a point of pride for us as Americans that this is we create a functioning civilization. You know what I mean? So when I see somebody, so just to get back to Kavanaugh for a second, when I saw Kavanaugh again g- give the stink eye to a man whose child was murdered, senselessly murdered, because we live in an armed madhouse, because of laws that Kavanaugh supports and will make worse, the, uh, you know, how do you do that to your fellow Americans? Your fellow American, he lost his daughter because his daughter just wanted to go to school. He lost his daughter in a country that promotes, that allows children, young, mentally ill uh, children to get weapons of war. And that's because of policy. And, you know, this is, uh, that's why everything goes down to politics. So anyway, so when you, when you... When I when these idiots are they they proclaim they love America they talk about patriotism how do you call yourself a patriot and you literally turn your back on a fellow American whose daughter was murdered you're a patriot you're a piece of you're a stink you are a I don't know what you are you're you're not a human you're you're an immoral coward. And the disdain that he had in his eyes, that, that was the real Kavanaugh right there. What do you think he's going to do for the little guy or the little gal, the, the woman, the, uh, the mother who can't get health care, the or the uh, undocumented immigrant who, can't, doesn't, who fled her, her uh, war-torn nation thanks to the United States? This is what we're dealing with. This, that's immoral. And, and they call themselves, they're, this is a, he's a big Christian, supposedly, too. He's Catholic, supposedly, and he's really into life. He's into life, but this, this guy's daughter is dead. But he couldn't even shake the man's hand. What a filthy, filthy vermin. I don't understand. And you know he will be in church on Sunday, let's say bending his knee to his Jesus because he loves life and he'll he'll he always he and he loves you know to proclaim his love of life I don't understand how do you how do you not stop and listen to a man who said my daughter was murdered when she was in her history class or whatever what is wrong with you that's a Republican for you, but and you know Lindsey Graham and all that—they're all, they're all uh, or Chuck Grassley or whatever, Orrin Hatch. I mean, oh, they're so delicate. Don't pester them with the with the boring details of your life while they're entrenching oligarchy. So what? A couple of young girls gotta die. You know what? That's freedom for you. 
She was free at least. Now she's really free. She's got no worries anymore. I guess uh, Kavanaugh won't have to pick her up for basketball practice because she's dead. Now, I wonder what, God forbid, or whatever, you know, I'm not saying anything about it, what he would think about if his own daughters, his own precious little angels were put in the line of fire. I wonder if his if his his uh, perspective would change. I doubt it. Who knows? I mean, sort of like Steve Scalise, who gets shot, and he comes back proclaiming, don't worry, everybody, I'm just the same asshole I was before I was shot. Don't We will not expect Republicans to change. That's who they are. They are, that's their point of pride is that they are these throwbacks to times best left in the history's dung pile. And they can't, we can't leave them there fast enough. So anyway, um, I was watching, so Steve, Steve Scalise was on, um, MSNBC talking to Nicole Wallace because they they were involved in John McCain's campaign and they were involved in helping pick Sarah Palin to be one 72-year-old heartbeat away from the presidency. And you um, you can't have a Donald Trump without a Sarah Palin. And the fact that they allowed Sarah Palin that close to power when they knew at the time, even as it was uh, as it was revealed during the campaign, that she was a moron. She didn't know anything, and not only was she ignorant, she was um, she was mentally unstable. So I wanted to play instead of the break because we didn't take a break. I wanted to play the interview. It's about seven minutes long uh, with Steve Scalise on MSNBC talking about his decision. And the, what they, you know, the angst that they went through. So I'll play. It's about seven minutes. It's very interesting. And we'll talk about it on the way back. Well, the secrets of the campaign that everybody knows, Nicole, are the secrets that 20 people all knew about. The ones that four or five people knew about have never been in public. And this is one of them. Um, we did talk about it. Um, she was clearly psychologically deteriorating. She was manifestly unfit to be anywhere close to the National Command Authority. Uh, but there was an intervening issue in the McCain campaign, and that was the economic collapse that occurred on September 15th. And in my political judgment, after September 15th, and I think Jim would agree to this, when the right track number in the polling dropped to 6%, President Bush's approval was in the 20s, the race was effectively over. It was like being shot in the head. Uh, sometimes you linger for a while, but the outcome is clear. Um, and so we never had a grapple with the issue that we're going to win and this person's going to be in power. We had a grapple with the problem as this was unfolding in real time. And remember, you know, we had no idea that she didn't know where Iraq was on a map until three days after the convention when we start doing the first briefings. It was Paul Manafort's former business partner, Rick Davis, who did the vetting, and A.B. Culverhouse, the counsel, who did the interviewing. So when we found out, like you do in a political campaign, we said, wow, we have a massive problem. She doesn't know anything. We're going to have to get her through interviews. But it wasn't an interviewing problem, though she was ignorant, and she was mean, and she was divisive. It was the psychological unsuitability. 
but we did say that we were going to have to take actions if somehow we had come from behind. And there was a secondary issue that always gave me peace of mind, which was that all of the clothes and all of the booty that she ripped off from the campaign and all the gifts and all the loot that she was pocketing over the course of the campaign, each one of those items over, say, a value of $80 or $100, whatever the number it was, it wasn't a high number, was a felony violation of Alaska ethics law. It was illegal. And so I never thought just from that perspective, if by some miracle we had come back and won, that she would have ever made it to the oath of office. But what we, we talked about is that we would have to intervene, but felt no need to do so because we didn't see a path to victory after September 15th. But this issue, this is the president of the United States. And the issue here is that this is an hour of national emergency. It is evidenced by his behavior every day. It is evidenced by the Bob Woodward book and the other corroborating stories. It is evidenced by that op-ed and by what actual White House officials are saying to United States senators. And from Durbin to Sass to Corker, nobody seems capable of understanding the grave peril and danger the nation, the republic, and the world are in from this violent, corrupt man who is indecent, assaulting our institutions, unraveling the liberal global order, and by account after account after account is psychologically unfit to hold any position of public trust. John Hyman, you covered this campaign on which we worked. <laughs> Good luck, John. I don't even try. I'm not even going to try. But yeah, I, I'm some familiarity with the 2008 presidential campaign and your roles in it. And I, I, I'm curious, Steve, some of those secrets actually are public because of some things that I have written. But I want to ask you this question. You, you actually experienced her, uh, Governor Palin, more actually more one-on-one -on -one than Steve did because you were assigned to her in a more direct way. When you guys had these conversations that we described in Game Change in a kind of vague way about actions you were going to take if somehow McCain came back and won and she was the Vice President of the United States. Now again, Vice President, not President, but still mm -hmm. a heartbeat no, away. Of a cancer what, survivor. Of a cancer, of a three-time cancer survivor and, and there were a lot of questions that people raised at that time about the wisdom of that choice for that reason. When you guys talked about taking actions what did that amount to? Like, you know what, what was the plan? Yeah, listen, let, let me just put this all out on the on the table. I mean, as a result of our roles in this campaign and all the pain it caused the McCain family, Steve and I and another advisor, John Weaver, were not invited to uh, the center's memorial service this weekend. So this was painful all around. This was awful all around. But what gets lost in the retelling sometimes is the anguish we felt for her. When you worry about someone's psychological condition, you feel anguish for what you have subjected them to. So the campaign's position was that we had subjected her to grave anguish. You had. She had just had a baby, and we had put the brightest Klieg lights in American politics on this woman. Well, I didn't know her. I don't. She didn't hate me yet. Um, but but you know, you know um, that, that that came. Um, but what you feel when you worry about someone, as Steve said, you can teach someone who hasn't been a part of the debates about where Iraq is. You can and, and I'm. I'm I'm betting that Sarah Palin wasn't the first politician, maybe the first one on a presidential ticket, but not the first politician to have to be shown where Iraq and Iran were. No way. I'm, I bet there are some, you know, ding-dongs up on Capitol Hill that already have jobs and offices that don't know where all the countries are. But, um, and I'm happy to claim them on my side of the Half the candidates. <laughs>
<laughs> Half the candidates Tim has worked for. Right. But, but, no, no, but, but when you when you worry about someone's psychological condition, you feel anguish on their behalf. And right. so what's so stunning about the Trump example, and what's so stunning about the reporting that the only people he trusted the family is why don't they feel anguish for him? And why don't they? Why don't? Why isn't there a call for help? I mean, why don't the people that know him best sort of sort of? put aside the politics of it. He won. It's over. He won. He's got the job. But if he isn't up for it, and, and I guess that's that's the, the purpose, that's the teachable moment of rehashing any of this, which nobody wants to relive. Not the McCain family, not Steve, not myself, but the idea of seeing someone who is clearly not fit for the job. And I don't know if any of this was detected from the other side, but, but, the, but the idea that what we saw had nothing to do with her political performance. She was a political rock star when she was on, but right. when she was down, there was anguish and concern. I remember the first uh, public event she had after being nominated. She was a rock star. We all looked, you know, we had this call that night among senior advisors where there was real panic. John, this is in your book about, oh my God, they just nominated this rock star. And I remember Senator Obama saying, wait a second. You know, I think of myself as the smartest guy I know, and it took me a year to figure out how to run for this office. This is not going to work for her. And 10 days later, she was basically, you know, beginning of the end. So it, it is a very... <laughs> Well, there you go. So they, they, this is what, so Steve Scalise says it, it, it haunts him. Uh, Nicole Wallace says that the choice haunts her. They, they made a decision, a political decision, not a decision that was in the best interest of the American people or the, or America as a whole, but she was never going to assume the the presidency or they were they weren't going to win. They were uh, they were comforted with the knowledge that they were going to lose. And but that's not even the point. The fact that she was on the ticket and that she was able to get there uh, so far that 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 there was a possibility that she would have been the neck that uh, would have beaten them that it's not even the that's not even the point that they didn't win the point is that she was the vice presidential candidate but i guess everybody makes their they justify we all do i do it we all justify our bad behavior or we try when we look back and we see what we what we've done and steve scalise is a i like him a lot and uh He's obviously a very intelligent man and a well-informed uh, man, but uh, and a historically astute uh, man. Uh, so he's he, to be able to put everything in context. I'm sure it's uh, it must make him. Uh, you know, hopefully it does haunt him. But it's a little too late. I'm glad that he's speaking out now, and Nicole Wallace is speaking out, but. This is, we all need to take responsibility. And just as we all need to take responsibility, the little people need to take responsibility that we, we can do what we can do. We can call our senators. We can go to their offices. We can be part of the resistance not and go to the marches but and turn those, those rallies into action after the fact. We can get involved. That's what we can do. We have to do those things. We must, because we, we must not allow this to continue, because it is going down the tubes.
right? It is. It's this isn't a drill. We're not being um, hyperbolic or alarmist, and uh, it does it does serve us though to take a look back and say, wait, how did we get here? So we we don't get here again. We don't have the luxury. We we should never allow a moron to assume the reins of power. Somebody who doesn't know what the hell they're doing. Somebody who's morally unfit, mentally unstable. Uh, who they should have gotten rid of Sarah Palin the minute they knew that she didn't know anything, that she couldn't find Iraq on a map. Why wouldn't they make that decision? Why, you know, when I'm saying that, I'm I'm uh, realizing how ridiculous that is. In case we want to um, just be reminded, I I captured this video. There's some greatest hits when when uh, when uh, just how stupid Sarah Palin is. I'm really sorry. Let me. Uh, I don't know which one. There's there's one that's five minutes long. I don't know if I want to subject you to that. This is something that was put together by the Telegraph. It's a little shorter. I'll play that instead. I I don't want to abuse the audience. So there's only so much we can take. Here we go. He is from the private sector, not a politician. Can I get a hallelujah? who will let our warriors do their job and go kick ISIS ass. Look at people are looking at Putin as one who wrestles bears and drills for oil. They look at our president as one who wears mom jeans. We're paying for some of their skirmishes that have been going on for centuries where they're Fighting each other and yelling all off far. Like I've said before, let him duke it out and let all sort it out. I want to talk about these issues till he brought them up. In fact, they've been wearing a, this um, political correctness kind of like a suicide vest. I do not like this Uncle Sam. I do not like his health care scam. I do not like this spying, man. I do not like, oh yes we can. I do not like this kind of hope, and we won't take it. Nope, nope, nope. Uh, isn't she <laughs> vile? Just a vile person. A and that's what one of the things that Steve Scalise keeps reiterating about her is that her her meanness that she's mean she is a mean and divisive person and that's what that's the Republican Party they've always been this way they've always been dividers when have the please somebody can somebody educate me um, ha, when have the any of the Republican candidates or the Republican Party been unifiers when have they called for us to come together they're always talking about real America or Massachusetts liberals Hollywood liberals their New York values they're always separating us well I mean honestly get out why don't they secede already at, at, this is what I'm thinking but I mean whatever Sometimes I'm like, and we know this, on the, people who listen to the show understand, like, I'm just like, you know, enough already. Get out. Let's just break up. You can have your 
no health care. You could pray to Jesus when you get cancer. You don't have to have any of the trappings of civilization. And we can be up here having a real country, having a real democratic republic, when the person who receives the most votes actually gets to represent the people that voted for them. But that's not the Republican Party. And the fact that they're they're ramming through a Supreme Court justice go, just goes to show you everything about who they are. They know what they're doing. They have no respect, not just for the process, not for the Constitution that they take an oath to, not to the people they pretend to represent. And so when Steve Scalise was talking about Sarah Palin's meanness, I always think about this, um, the Iroquois Confederacy, um, that this country was founded on, partly on the, the, um, the Iroquois Confederacy. They use their, their system as, uh, as a model. And anyway, they, but I remember writing an article, whatever there, the, I'm trying to remember the whole thing, but it doesn't matter. But the the fact is that uh, the Republicans, you know, they proclaim a love of the Constitution, but they really don't understand its roots and their lack of uh, ability to consider the impact of their policies on people or or anything. They accept that uh, pass their own eyelashes. That's who. That's what the Republicans. Whatever they do. You know the 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 uh, their policies have real world impact. When women are being dragged out of that hearing, yelling, "If you end the Affordable Care Act, I will die." This is where we're living. Th- these are real world consequences of Republican policies. When Republicans take power and they've done studies in fact in uh, in England when the conservative party was in power that suicide rates went up of course it does because there's no hope they don't leave you any options and in the Iro- Iroquois confederacy the partly the in fact well the women always the women had uh, final veto power over the uh, over decisions but they had to consider the uh impact of their policies whatever that they whatever whatever they uh conclusions whatever policies they were going to uh going to enact in the iroquois confederacy they had to consider the seventh generation so what is this war let's say if they want we're going to war uh what would this do seven generations out and um we don't even consider next week there we we have the consequences of climate change all around us and regardless they're like oh is it man-made is it is it happening yes it's happening it's getting what does it matter what does it matter if it's man-made regardless what are the um the uh results of taking action is that we have a cleaner planet and a more sustainable planet. Oh, oh boy! Let's. We wouldn't want to clean up the planet uh, unnecessarily. It's it, they. It doesn't make any sense. But um, 
1986, uh, there was an interview I read at this Mohawk Bear Clan chief. His name was Tom Porter. He explained about chiefs, how uh, how the Iroquois pick the chiefs. Now, the chiefs were men, but there was a council of women that that picked them and also would uh, had ultimate veto power over their decisions. So, but the women were the ones that picked the uh, the chiefs that were uh, the, the the contenders. Um, so he explained. The mothers watch the children carefully as they're growing up. The ones who are greedy and push around the weaker children will never be chosen to be a chief. The ones who are kind, unselfish, and always helping others are considered for future leadership positions. Honesty is the first requirement for leadership. So can you imagine? This is why they, they ask the, the women, which, which child... Um, is this is this person fundamentally fit to be a chief? Are they kind? Are they unselfish? Are they out for themselves? This is so. So could you imagine um, kind, self, unselfish, and always helping others as a Republican requirement? Are you kidding me? They, I don't get how Republicans can advance policies. And understand that their policies will kick millions of people off of health care, will hurt millions of people. So we all we proclaim John McCain, this great whatever, uh, this maverick. We don't I don't complain uh, proclaiming a maverick. He's not a maverick. Anybody who picked Sarah Palin is not a maverick. He's he was going along to get along and wanting to win. And uh, but, you know, we 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 talk about him as some kind of great, uh, you know, example or whatever. But um, what I don't see any Republicans, um, you know, filling that kind, unselfish and always helping others. He he also voted for the Republican tax cut that funneled more money to the top. And he went so he, he put his thumbs down for the end of Obamacare. Yes, that was great. But then he turned around and voted for this other, this, uh, no, democracy destroying tax cut. That's they're, they're using as a platform, a jumping off point to come for social security, to come for Medicare and our social safety net. It's another excuse, uh, and it's already starting uh, there. As they entrench more money in the hands of a few, they're using that, the deficits that they've created, the trillion-dollar deficits, as an excuse to come after the weakest among us. Uh, they, now they're going to start with Social Security disability, of, of all things, because they're going to say that, you're the, the people on disability. They don't deserve it. They're not really disabled. They they have a they have a little. They got a you know they stubbed their toe or whatever. Their back hurts. Oh well, get to work. They have no regard for humanity. These people and I don't really care. You know they always talking about uh, the undeserving poor, but I always like to talk about the undeserving rich. Frankly, you know I really don't care if somebody on welfare gets an extra sixteen dollars or something that they weren't entitled to. I don't care because that sixteen dollars goes back into the economy. What happens when you funnel more money into the hands of the rich? Nothing. 
it stays there. They use it to corrupt government. They use it to turn this to turn society into uh, into what we have an armed madhouse where authoritarians step in and exploit the disunity exploit people's uh you know their uh anxieties they it's it's truly evil frankly and the fact that the republicans know exactly what they're doing they know that they could lie right to our face that they could release 42,000 pages of uh, these documents and and with a straight face in front of every their colleagues in the congress and the american people say that yeah my staff read those papers they they know uh, uh, you know what's wrong with you you know they didn't read it they don't care it's a pantomime just like they're trying to get us to the point where we're pantomiming democracy we'll we'll go out we'll vote you know, just like in uh, Iraq, where 90% of the people would vote for uh, uh, whatever, um, what's his face, Saddam Hussein, and it's it's a sham. It's a it's a foregone conclusion, and but we'll have we'll we'll feel like um, you know we're in a republic. We'll say republic, republic, but everything, the trappings will be gone. Uh, the the reality. Of the of the republic will be gone, just like how we began the show with the the quote from Cicero, that uh, yeah, it's gonna be gone. You know, so we could say uh, either well, before it's too late, we we need to. I I don't think it's too late as far as Kavanaugh. Everybody keeps they're they're saying, oh, it's done. It's a done deal. There's no, and that's true. The only way that we will stop him is if the what's the the two Republican women, Murkowski and the other one, I can't remember her name. The uh, that if they vote no, they supposedly say they will vote no if if without their assurances that Kavanaugh will overturn Roe v. Wade, of course he's going to overturn it. Of course he is. And they should be um, very concerned about his his stance on everything else from pre-existing conditions. What I mean, what is this? This is why we can't get anywhere. How are we ever going to get anywhere with the Republicans? We never get anywhere with them. They all long for times that uh, that America's great. America is great. They talk about this time in American history that their policies destroyed. That's what's so ironic. They're always longing for the good old days, right? When they long for the good old days, they're longing for the days of the time in American history called the Great Prosperity, where we had a 90% top marginal tax rate, where we had 35% unionization. That's what they long for. They, they don't long, they, but then their policies destroyed that time. They long for the strict racial hierarchies of that time and the social mores of that time and the misogyny and the, you know, the madman world that's what they want they want to be able to grab your ass at work and you know call you a bitch and whatnot so like it's the uh you know they they but they they love women though right they kavanaugh will drive your ass your 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 daughter's ass to a basketball practice right but what does it matter 
if you have no rights, if you are not autonomous. So, you know, the, they, they talk about loving women. Meanwhile, the Trump administration, they, women, all right, white men are like 30% of the population, yet they're one in five in the, uh, I think, in the Trump administration. The, the, uh, whatever. It's the majority. There's 70% white males of course they're straight too supposedly but you know what i'm saying all right well nobody called so i guess you're all dead to me now i'm mad at you all that's okay i don't care that's what i say to myself it's like sour grapes oh well i didn't want you to call anyway so i'm just gonna close up the calling if anybody wants to call after the fact, you can call and leave me a message at 360-777-6007. Otherwise, that's it. It is what it is. Sometimes people call. Sometimes they don't call. I don't know why. Sometimes. Maybe I'll get more. One day I'll have a lot of callers, and you wanna go, you're going to want to call, and you won't be able to because you won't be able to get through. That's just the way it's going to be. But, all right, where's the other thing? The other thing, we only have like 10 minutes left, so I wanted to, there was one other thing I wanted to read quickly. And, of course, I can't find it. And, so talk amongst yourself for a second. But, all right, well, what else can I say? I, I mean, honestly, the, um... It's been a week from hell. It really has. The uh, watching... It, it, it's really stressful watching the end of the Republic, isn't it? it? I And it's so upsetting because we've... We, we can never get anywhere when they are constantly forcing us to fight the same battles. This is why you can never, ever rest. You think it's done. You think you're, okay, we got this. We have... We finally made it possible for insurance companies not to deny people health care. These filthy, filthy, fascist, greed-centered cesspools of greed. The, these immoral institutions called for-profit health care. The, the only developed nation on earth that has for-profit health care. What a disgusting country that allows people to that this is where we live where you have to have a bake sale to get goddamn chemo it's gross and that's considered normal they 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 report these stories as like oh this is good news look at this uh father a father had a bake sale for uh his daughter's cancer treatment oh you can donate here isn't this is a feel-good story it's unreal where we live. It's where we should really. Uh, this is this is what's at stake. You know, Obama's talking about um, we. The Democratic Party has good good old ideas and good new ideas. Old ideas like Social Security. Good new ideas like universal health care. It's true. Is is universal health care such a new idea? We've been fighting for it for for time immemorial. Many other countries have had universal health care for centuries. 
When when do we catch up? Do we ever get to the party? Ha, that this the fact that we don't have universal health care is a reflection on our broken system. You see, if the system was was functioning the way it should function, if it was truly working in the interest of the general welfare, we would already have universal health care. Do you think a system that that is uh, that immoral would allow? That that had what am I saying? Not that immoral. If a system that had the best interests of its constituents at heart would allow a uh, a, a for-profit healthcare, we have in this country they the Doctors Without Borders set up the remote. Um, you know, camps like they do in third world nations for people to get health care. This that's a disgrace that we should all look at with, uh, you know, uh, and say that really is something that, you know, we should be embarrassed about as Americans. We can certainly do better. There's nothing great about that. And uh, we we have a great country when we recognize that being a human being, we're all going to get sick. We we don't leave people behind. You have the freedom to get health care, to go to a doctor, to not be afraid that you're going to go bankrupt when you get sick in this country. That's how you have a great country. But anyway, all right, but it all goes back to racism. Because <laughs> really, that's what it is. Because the fact is, Republicans, they don't want to share with black people. I mean, really, that's the bottom line. They really don't like sharing. They don't mind it for themselves. That's why they're all on welfare and they're all on, they all want benefits. They want their black lung benefits. They want it. But they just don't want black people to have it, you see. They're taking advantage, and that's what they think. That's what they've been told, and that's what they will continue to be told by their so-called leaders who will tickle their racist funny bones and, and tell them to nurse their prejudices like little babies sucking on binkies. And uh, they will uh, elevate the likes of a Sarah Palin, a mean, ignorant some person who's way over her head, and that's one of the hallmarks of insanity, the same thing with Trump. That's insanity. Insane people do not know their limitations. If Sarah Palin was not insane when she started to be vetted, when she when they were starting to teach her and she started to get a glimpse of what the job entailed, she should have bowed out and said, look, if she had any wherewithal and if she was worthy in any sense, she would say, you know what? This is I'm way over my head here. I'm really not qualified for this. It's the same. It's like me. Somebody would say, "Hey, would you do this? Would you perform this operation?" I would, I'm sorry, I don't have training. I'm not qualified. You know, an insane person would said, "Hey, I could do that." It's the same thing with with Kavanaugh. It's not. It's not his um, being insane as much as him being immoral. That when they say, "Hey, t- you want to be our flunky on the court?" And of course he will if he had any. If he had any dignity or any honor, he would bow out, just like Neil Neil Gorsuch. But they don't, because they don't have dignity and honor. They 
don't care. It's about themselves. And, uh, you know, that's not e pluribus unum, and that's certainly not patriotism. Because being a patriot means leaving no one behind. No one. Even people you don't like. Even people you misunderstand. You know what? You understand the, the, uh, what it means to, be, to take an oath to the Constitution and not to a person or a personality. Uh, all right, well, that's it. I have 30 seconds left. Thanks for hanging out with me and talking me off the ledge this, this week. We'll be here next week. Uh, uh, I'll have a guest, hopefully. We'll see what happens. I don't know. See how I feel. My name is Tara Devlin. We're here every Saturday evening. And like I always say, we stick together. We win. Please give me a review on iTunes. Donate to RDT Daily and help us help us stay together. I'll see you next week.